Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the morning motivation. I'm your host, Brittany Daniel. I hope you guys are well today. It is November 30th. Jesus, it's the last day of November. November was like October. Came and went, came and went. <laughs> this is your first time watching. We go live each and every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern. So it is about the afternoon, early evening time in South Africa. And it is not even it's early, early, early on the West Coast. So if you are tuning in all over the world, thank you so much for being here. If this is your first time watching or if you're watching at another time, let me know in the comments where you're watching from. I would love to know. And I hope you guys are just doing well. So today's topic, stop doing it all alone. There is power in his name or something like that I wrote. Um, and what that means is, you know, this week we've been talking about going after our goals you know, waiting on some things to come to fruition for us, right? In the midst of that and how in the midst of the frustration, we can get so upset that in times we can turn away from God or not understand that there is power in Jesus's name. Now, you may not believe in Jesus and that's, that's to each their own. However, all I can do is tell you what his name has done for me and how he's kept me and how he saved me and how things have changed with me just by his name alone. So we will dive into that today. Before we get started, let's go ahead and do our morning prayer and our shout out. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up again for another day. Thank you, allow, thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet. I pray that anybody listening now or later will just really get something that downloads into their spirit and unlocks um, just a, a new revelation for them, Lord. And I pray that they understand the strength of your son, Jesus Christ, and what you have called uh, him to do and why you have called us to follow him and that anybody that is confused or distracted that you remove those confusions you remove those distractions and give them clear guidance and so that we can do the things that are pleasing in your sight in your darling son jesus name i pray amen amen let's get to the shout outs good morning cookie monster good morning turquoise good morning the happy housewife good morning adonis from merlin and eh, merlin i think i said that right from merlin you know, Maryland, that, that area up there, Baltimore, all these, they talk a little different, you know. I live in the South, but good morning, Adonis. <laughs> good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, such a lady. Good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Elle. Good morning, Authenticating Beauty. Good morning, Nana. Y'all, Authenticating Beauty is hilarious. If y'all do not follow this girl on social media, you are missing out on some laughs, okay? Good morning, Nana. Happy hump day. Oh, it is hump day. It is Wednesday. Ow, thank God. <laughs> y'all got a wedding coming up, a whole bunch. Oh, so, so much coming up. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Good morning. Um. Diamond says, quick comment. My pastor spoke a little bit about the prodigy son yesterday, and I thought about how crazy it was that you just touched on it yesterday as well. See, I when I tell y'all, we are a body. That's why the Bible says we are a body. We are one. That happens often. When you are connected, it just happened like that. And y'all are all connected. So you'll that's that's very common that you'll hear similar messages from similar people. Um, Facebook just be tripping. Don't worry about, okay. Don't worry about that. Facebook. Good morning. She Amber and good morning. Uh, hold on. Diwali. Good morning. That's not Diavion. That's Diwali. Okay. 
So I hope you guys are having a good one. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are blessed today. So let's dive in today's topic. So we are going to be talking about the power of Jesus's name. And I know that, uh, and I, I can't take for granted that everybody isn't on their walk. Everybody isn't in that, in that space. I'm not going to take for granted that people may struggle a little bit with Jesus. Like there was a point in my walk, uh, my life where I was just like, mm, you know, cause you hear things, you hear that, um, the story of Jesus has been told before you've heard possibly that you've heard a lot of rhetoric. You know, there's people that don't believe there's people that say, well, what about this? And if Jesus was real, then what about this? Or people will say, it doesn't make sense how he got here and all of these things. Right. And in our own understanding as human beings with common sense, a lot of the stuff that is said could be true, right? Could be, we don't, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, don't nobody know until they stand before God, right? But what I will say is for me, I know Jesus is real because when I speak his name, when I have spoken over things of fear in my life, when I've spoken his name in hard times, and I'm going to give you guys examples on all of this. When I have just called out Jesus' name in instances, and me and my dad were, were talking about this, and so I'm going to lightly, because it's not my business to share, share one story that my dad shared with me about um, his encounter with Jesus that proved to me that he was real. So in your walk with Christianity, or as you're getting to know God, as you're getting to know Jesus, as you're molding yourself as a quote-unquote Christian, because that's what makes you a Christian. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that he died on the cross for you, that's really all it takes. Now, there are, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this, and depending on what church you go to, they got some other, you know, things. But outside of the word, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior makes you a Christian. Bare minimum, right? So as you get to know, as you develop yourself, as you get to know your walk, your spiritual path, your relationship with God, having encounters and uh, I guess instances with Jesus is 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 life changing, at least for me. So I'm going to dial it back. So the first time I encountered, I would say the Holy Spirit because and I'm breaking this down. Now, some of this may be very elementary for a lot of y'all. Like, Brittany, we know that. I know how it works. But just roll with me. And if you have a testimony, put in the comments. Let it not be just me. Because it ain't just, I know it ain't just me. I know some of y'all have had experiences. I know some of y'all have had testimonies. So allow people who are still having questions, who still are unsure, let them know that you've had it too, that you know the power to. So then it's just not just one person talking, right? Anyways, the first time I encountered Jesus or the Holy Spirit, I would say the Holy Trinity, right? God, Son, God, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For me, it was just, I think it was just the encounter the first time with the Holy Spirit, because I've always known about God. My parents taught me or my mom taught me about God as a very, a, a very young little girl. That's why it's very important to talk to kids about God and beliefs and things like that. <clears throat> So that they at least have a foundation. They at least know who God is, who Jesus is and things like that, right? Bare minimum. And as you get older, it's your responsibility to seek an experience. 
I believe it's easier to get to children. That's why the enemy is always after kids through media, music, and all of this stuff, because kids are sponges. Whatever you tell them nine times out of 10, and then the things that they see, they experience, they'll believe. And then they're less um, guarded because you haven't went through much as a child, like outside of abuse and things like that, depending on what stage of life you're in, kids are very innocent. That's why they say your first love is so deep is because you've never been hurt before. You know, you don't have all of those stipulations with your heart yet because you never had your heart broken. So first experience I had, I've encountered with uh, God, Son, and the Holy Spirit where I was about nine. I tell you guys this a lot. If you're a morning motivator, you've heard this story pretty much. But if you haven't, then welcome. So I was about nine years old and I would go to church with my grandma. Now my grandma was sanctified. Okay. I'm when I say, and this is my father's mother and we used to go to Pentecostal church. Good morning. Anybody know about Pentecostal? Good morning. Anybody know about Pentecostal growing up Pentecostal? And I'm saying it Pentecost is Pentecostal, but I'm saying Pentecostal. The reason why I say it like that is because they were strict, like skirts, slips, no jewelry. I don't believe they could wear makeup. They had a whole lot of rules. Now, it's up to you as you're in your adulthood. <laughs> I'm Christian non-denominational as an adult, right? I go to a Christian non-denominational church um, at the current moment. So it's up to you as an adult to discern what works for you. All the rules you had as a kid may not work for your life right now. All and the stuff there, the freedom that you had as a child may not work for you right now. But I grew up in that area of my life, Pentecostal. I was like Baptist for a little bit, which is still under Christianity and then Pentecostal. So we went to, and at that time, for whatever reason, everybody in a grandma's church had an anniversary. The stint that I was with my grandmother, because I only stayed with my dad, I think, six to nine months at this time of my life when I was a kid, for whatever reason, it seemed like it was everybody in a grandmama's church anniversary. <laughs> now my church, <laughs> the church kids, kids that grew up in church, y'all know what I'm talking about. Old school where you would go to your church during the day and that'd be like three hours, right? You go home, eat if you even left church because some churches you would eat there. And then, so we would go to church for like three hours or however long, I don't remember church in the morning, go home, eat in the afternoon. And then I think early evening, we would go to another church and do a whole nother service, right? It was like that for like a long time. I just remember like, we in church all day, Jesus. <laughs> but this is why I feel like it's so important for children, especially like if you go to church, this is why I think you should take phones and tablets away from, from kids. Because when your child, I understand you want them to be quiet. I understand. And that's what children's church is for. If they're that disruptive, send them to the children's church. Send them with the kids. Send them away so you can focus. But I think we take for granted the times that we grew up in church. And if you did not grow up in church, even though kids don't comprehend everything, and yes, you are bored as a child. Yes, you get like, oh my God, why are we here? A lot of kids, we didn't like going to church. Like it had to be something at church for me to be excited about church. It wasn't like my favorite thing to do, but it was what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't no compromise and I had to go. And I think that our generation is so like appeasing to their children. They just want their children to be happy all the time that they don't set those boundaries or those like, hey, this is good for you. So I'm going, you're going to do it. 
And so anyways, I digress, but I think that it's very important to take tablets and, and cell phones away because you never know what could be downloaded into your child. Had I had a cell phone or a tablet at nine years old in church, I probably wouldn't have got saved that day, right? So I was nine. I was at church with my grandma. We went to an after like a anniversary celebration. And I remember doing praise and I had my grandma's tambourine, you know, Pentecostal, they had tambourines back in the day. I don't know if they still do have, they don't have tambourines. I seen a tambourine in my church recently. I don't know if they y'all churches have tambourines, but they had tambourines. So it was tambourining, right? And something just came over me. And this was something that I could not control. And then I got caught with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've never encountered it, it's easy for you to think that it's fake. It's easy for you to say like, these people can't be experiencing this, this thing, right? I don't know how it happens. I just know you have to be open to it. I haven't had an encounter like that since I was a child. I will say that. Um, I do feel the Holy Spirit a lot differently as an adult. It's more of a meditation feeling. It's more of a Zen, light, airy feeling versus the feeling that I had as a child. So don't get married to an idea of having an encounter with God or the Holy Spirit. Um, don't get married to one way that God will download or talk to you or have an encounter with him, right? But that night is when I got saved because that night was my first experience with God. Like I heard about God. I heard about, you know, Jesus. I've died. All the stuff I've heard. And I would absorb and I would go to church and I knew that there was a God, but that was the first time that I encountered him. And I feel like a lot of people, especially as adults, have a very hard time connecting with Jesus and the Holy Spirit at times because they haven't had an encounter. Luckily, I was blessed to have an encounter when I was little, <clears throat> when I was a kid. So people can't take that away from me. So when I'm, when I am approached or somebody wants to combat me about my beliefs. That's why it's super important for you to have a personal relationship with God and allow God to fill your life. Because no matter what anybody says, you can't take away history. It's like a relationship, right? You know, that, that little thing on, on social media, they'd be like, you can't depend on your man, but I could depend on my man. You know, that little clip on, on, on Instagram same way. Like God might, that might've been your experience with God, but my experience with God is, it was different. I've felt him. I know he's real because he showed up for me this way, this way, this way, and this way. So I'm sorry that that was your experience, but this was mine. And that's why that relationship is so important. And that's why God tells you in the Bible that when you are challenged to have your testimony ready, you know, have that testimony ready to be like, you know what? This is what I've been told to do. This was my experience. I'm sorry that that wasn't your experience. And I'm going to pray that you do have an encounter. It's not our jobs to combat. It's not our jobs to, you know, go into this hell raising defense type of situation. It's to really articulate our experiences with God. Now, the second time, now, mind you, I was nine years old when this happened. And I had a lot of life between nine and 20, 26, 27, 27, 28, something like that. That's a lot of years. It's almost 20 years of not feeling the spirit of God anymore, right? And that could have been a plethora of reasons. I don't know what that reason was. I know that I wasn't really in church. I was in church, but, um, you know, I had my ins and outs. 
And I tell you guys all this, this all the time. I went back, got baptized in college. I had my, I had my personal journey with religion, with spirituality, with God, um, throughout my time. Like I told you guys, I got this Bible in 2010. So it is definitely important for you to go on your own journey. If you have questions, go seek those questions out. Just because you have a question about something doesn't mean you're turning your back on God. And I feel like it's hard. It's it's easy to keep us in a box, right? And I understand what the Bible says when it says that you aren't supposed to believe anything else. This is this is your belief system. And that that's true. That's your foundation. But it's okay to say, you know what? Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they think the way that they think? God, why is this this? And to go seek knowledge. You guys, that's what that's what people do when they go to theology school. You know how people will tell you, or I think they give this from slavery. Don't be questioning God. Don't, don't, you know, you question it. You ain't a believer. That is not true. <laughs> I, two things, two things can be true at the same time. We have to get out of this narrow-minded thinking. And I think that this is what keeps a lot of Christians in boxes. This is why a lot of people can't rock with Christians. Because sometimes the box that, or the thing that we have been told to do, right? At least for me, I can't speak for y'all. My experience growing up, it was a little bit of, or what I heard, not from my parents, not from my churches, but I've heard, you know, you can't question God. You can't, if you don't believe in this, if this, this is it. And it's just like, this is a, this is one book. Let's go see what the other book said. So throughout my life, I've questioned things. I've researched things. I went to the root of things. Okay. Well, what does this mean? And and what is this? I think that God gives us wisdom and intelligence and he offers and he wants us to have wisdom. So I think that that's very, 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 very important. Um, and, and see exactly. And everybody experiences him different. I love it. Authenticating beauty says my encounters where God were more low key in nature or uh, miraculous and uh, secret prayers were answered. And everybody's experience is super different. But that's where that relationship comes from. That's where that seeking comes from. That's why the Bible tells you seek the Lord. You know, you have to seek it out. It's not something it can just come to you, but you have to be in the right environment. You have to be in the right headspace and you have to be in the right soul presence in order to experience in your own way. And God knows how to get to you. God knows how to work and rock your life and to come in if you allow him to in order for his presence to be known, right? But it takes it takes a two-way street. It's an effort. It's an effort on us praying. It's an effort on us to have faith. And it's an effort on us to believe. Our whole A lot of our foundation is just a simple belief because we weren't there 2,000 years ago. We're going off of scripture and what was told to us, right? And then I'll tell you guys this encounter, which I've said a million times on this podcast or on this live, is the encounter I had in New York. So remember, I told you guys it was a long stint from nine to like 27. I say this all the time. For those of you who are new, this is a new story for y'all. For those who've been with me, y'all heard this story like five times or more <laughs> when I was on the train and <laughs> my train story. I And I tell this story because I had never seen anything like this. Like in church, you hear about casting out demons and I've seen that, so to speak. Um, And that was different. It was more so people being delivered, right? You hear about it, but if you've never seen it or experienced it or seen it firsthand or seen a demon in your in, in life and just seen what that looks like, 
because it doesn't look as demonic as um at least in the spirit in the physical world it doesn't look as demonic as television will make it seem like nobody's walking around with horns and a red face and a, and a ugly like that's not how that's not how they're walking around on this earth they look like me and you on the train in new york guy gets on wilding like cussing carrying out a storm like god in uh, he almost got in my face he was near me he ain't come he ain't come in my circumference but he was near me, right? Acting up, making everybody uncomfortable, yelling, just doing the most. You could tell he was out of his mind. You can tell this person, this individual was out of their mind. And in New York, that is very normal to see. It's so normal that people just ignore it. Like the most, the craziest things could be happening in New York. People will just read their papers on their phones, minding this. If mind your business was a person, it's New York for the most part, right? So he's walling out, cussing, carrying on. He looks like he's about to hurt or touch someone. And this nurse, Jamaican nurse, never forget, she just starts speaking. She just starts praying like out loud, not to herself, not, you know, dear heavenly father, not just to protect herself, but um, she's like, out loud going in and then she starts speaking in tongues calling Jesus's name I have never in my life seen somebody so on I mean when I say he was on 10 he was on 10 he settled down to about a two like he sat down like as soon as she started speaking he started doing this he sat down as soon as the train stopped and the doors opened he got off and I was like, whoa, right? So that was another time. Oh, and the time before that, <laughs> give y'all one more story. I think I've only told this once. The time before that is how I knew there was power in Jesus's name. And this was very interesting because I was not, I was not really um, religious. I can say, actually, no, I was going to church. <clears throat> I was in my, I had a super Christian moment before. I think every most Christians have been through a super Christian moment where you just like Bible, Bible, like Bible, Bible. <laughs> I was in my super Christian moment, I think, during college at one point. But I would do PT tests with the military. And I, I hate I do, to this day. I'm not I don't run. Don't I do not run. I will do cardio. I will I will put that treadmill up on an incline. And fast pace, or I'll do an I'll do a an elliptical, but with my knees and just the military made me hate running. Just there was never a never a a warm-up. It was just like as soon as I joined, it was like go, right? So I really do not like running. I really it really bothers me. Don't like it. It's not my favorite exercise. So during our PT test, I would never prepare for them. I would I would go to PT, but I wouldn't like spend on my own time preparing and like trying to build up my strength and endurance. And on these tests, you had so much time to run two miles. Now for runners, that's nothing. But when you did not grow up running, that is the longest run of your life. <laughs> and for my military people, for my military folks, y'all know, right? So I would want to give up so much on these tests because they would hurt. You're running, you're, you're trying to run your fastest or at least keep a pace 
so that you can beat this time because you had to hit this two minute mark at a certain time or else you would fail. And if you failed, there was a lot of stipulations that came with that. You couldn't be promoted. There's like a lot. And as an officer, you just did not fail PT tests. It's just, it was like, it's something you don't do. It's something you do. You don't do. You don't do it. Right. Um, you couldn't do it. It was very taboo. So I was a leader. I was a platoon leader. Did not want to fail. You just, it just as a black woman, because we had so much pressure on us anyway, just did not want to fail. So every time I felt like giving up, every single time I felt like giving up, I would just start chanting. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could do all. And I would just repeat it like a mantra. And even if all the bare minimum you can do is call Jesus' name, Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus. And remember on the train, I used to say, after I saw that lady, I would say, I rebuke any evil spirits in Jesus' name. I would rebuke, I rebuke any evil spirits in Jesus' name. And every single time I would pass. Every time. Now, some people would be like, well, that was mental. But I had to call out on some something. It, I wasn't, it wasn't my own strength. And that's the thing. It's like when you speak and call out Jesus' name, you get a supernatural strength. You get an extra boost. You get an extra level of protection. You get an extra barrier. You get some extra juice. You know what I mean? There's, It's a supernatural strength that you get. There's supernatural protections that you get. But you have to call the name. There's, It's something so powerful. And that's why a lot of your grandmothers, if you were raised in church, if you was raised Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever, <laughs> a Christian, you've probably heard your grandmother pray. And y'all, we have to be those grandmothers. I think we forget that. I think our generation forgets that one day we're going to be grandmothers if, if God wills it. If we live long enough, if this planet lives long enough, godly, you know, we are going to be grandmothers. We have to be those people to be those examples for our children and our children's children and, and be in prayer and have your prayer cloth and have your Bible and read. Your, we got to be those grandmothers because us having those grandmothers, at least for me, changed my life. I. I know for a fact the reason why I was kept safe is because of my grandmother's prayers. I know for a fact. Because there, the stuff that I used to do, the situations I would put myself in, just being young, not even just being young, naive, feeling like, oh, I'll be okay, nothing going to happen to me. And thankfully, nothing did. But I know that there were power protection. There were prayers protecting me. There were prayers that are we're keeping me and we are going to be those grandmothers one day. And if you're a grandmother now, ow, you know, go, go ahead, grandma, do your thing. But if you are, if you are a mother with children, one day you're going to be a grandmother. You know, I ain't got no kids, but I'm going to be somebody grandma, <laughs> even if they not mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we have to, know, understand, and speak that into our children, into our nieces and nephews, into our cousins, whatever, whatever children are in your vicinity, you know, we have to make sure that we are examples, that they see us pray, that they hear us pray, and that they understand that if at any time you're scared, if at any time you need help, if at any time you need a, a little extra supernatural strength, that you call out Jesus's name. You know, my dad used to tell me 
every day at school, he would put his head down and just say, Lord, please help me and my brother make it home safe that we don't get shot. Because he grew up in Atlanta and Atlanta always been Atlanta. Okay, it's it's a little safer than it used to be. It's getting it's, it's going it's going a little backwards. But Atlanta wasn't always, you know, a safe place to live. <clears throat> and he would do that prayer every day when he was a little boy to get home from school. And so um I love that I speak over my future children while they're still in the womb. I love that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Yes, we are all going to be grandmothers one day. So we have to be that example. We have to instill prayer and faith and all of those things into this younger generation because without it, we're we're seeing what's happening with a generation that doesn't have a moral compass. And I'm not trying to talk down on Gen Z or anything like that or the younger generation because but it's it's kind of it kind of frustrates me because millennials raised half of them. And millennials, we acting like we wasn't raised. The things that we let our children do or that I get really shocked when I see the things that kids are allowed to do now that we know dang well we wouldn't have gotten away with when we were kids. And I feel like I get the I get that you don't want the toxicity of how we grew up. I get that because everything that that we that happened to us wasn't right. <laughs> well, you know, some of stuff was like a little questionable that people would get locked up for now. But I really feel like we forgot that we were raised. Like we felt like I feel like millennials and um, the generation above threw out everything. Like they threw out the good and the bad. Like I understand you don't want your children to experience the bad, right? Some of us were maybe um, physically abused, you know, emotionally abused. Uh, what is it called? Verbally abused. I get that that you wanted to to put that away. But what about the other good? What about the good stuff? What about the manners? What about hey, when a, an adult speaks to you, you speak. Y'all do not know how crazy y'all children look. Y'all walk, y'all kids walking around here. People say hi to them. They like this. And I understand they had a pandemic and I'm not judging y'all or your children. I'm just saying I'm around kids a lot. And it's a very interesting dynamic and how disrespectful an adult feels when it's, they speak to a, a group of children and nobody says anything. It's just different. That wasn't how we was raised. You would get somebody, somebody spoke to you. Like, I, I don't well, it's just little common courtesies. So it's going to be very interesting of the world that we live in in a couple of years. And for my up north folks, y'all been on that type of time. So don't worry about it. <laughs> New York folks been on like, what you talking about? I ain't about to speak to you. What? what? My up north folks, I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking about my southern babies. I'm talking about my babies that was raised in the south. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> All that stuff is out the window. But nonetheless, let me get off parenting. I th I think my kids are not going to enjoy some of the things that I'm going to do because I'm going to I'm going to have a little old school with it. At least that's what I say now. You know, y'all hit me up in five to ten years and be like, Brittany, your child. If my child, if I have a child and you see my child and my child don't speak, call me. Hit my line. Hit my line. <laughs> so if y'all see me in ten years, hit my line. <laughs> Both have a, and you know what? And that's the, um, and this is not a bad thing because 
and I'm not happy to be here. I'm not judging you. Everybody's doing their best, right? And we live in a day and age where kids need phones because there are creepers. They be in school. It's different. You know, we used to be able to go to school and we used to be able to go to school, walk to school, ride our bikes to school. That's why everybody in the parent line, because people are scared that their kids going to get snatched because that's true. Right. So we live in a different world. We live in a very different time. We can't go back. We can't go back to the 80s and 90s. So I'm not I'm not judging. But I don't want us to throw out all the values that were instilled in us, because if you on this live, you a good person. Because ain't nobody at 8 a.m. about to listen to a woman talk about God and Jesus and morals and stuff like that. If you did not have some of the simulate birds of a feather, we flock in all together. You feel me? So I'm just saying that I, I want us to really remember the values and instill those values. Like it ain't just about how your children treat you. They need to treat everybody good. You know, I understand that they speak to you that they honor you, but it's it's not about just you and your household. As Christians, we are supposed to train children and people up to be good people in general. You know, they're supposed to be courteous to everyone. They're supposed to be pleasant to everyone. They're supposed to speak to everyone. And that really starts at home. You know, my grandmother would always tell me when we would go to hotels when I was a kid, I used to just leave my stuff everywhere. She'd be like, just because you're in a hotel room doesn't mean you got to act a fool. No, pick your stuff up, you know, or somebody, you, some, you borrow something from somebody, give it back better than you found it. You know, treat people like these are things that were taught y'all. People do not do anything that they do not learn. Everything is taught and instilled or shown to a child. If you aren't the example, if you're not telling them, or if you're not instilling it into them, meaning repetitive, over and over and over and over. Yes, you got to tell kids stuff over and over and over and over again for them to get it. Unless those things are taught. The yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. That stuff is taught. That's not natural. Nothing, not everything that we want to do defaults into us not being good people. <laughs> Let's just keep it a buck. Yes, courtesy. Um, correct their and correct their behavior and allow other people to correct them respectfully. You know, tell, be in front of your, I love when my church family, they'd be like, you see my child do something, you tell me, you could use, you, you could say something because now that child is on alert that it's more than one person that they have to be respectful to. It's more than one person that they have to be courteous to. And it trains them to be like, oh, okay. It's not just my parents. You know what I mean? And I want to say, I wanted to say something else too. Dang, I forgot that quick. All right. It'll come back to me. Um. Marjorie says, amen. I'm raising my kids to have manners. We pray over them before they leave for school every day. I love that. And what's going to happen is they're going to grow up and pray. Now they may stray. They may not do everything that you've raised them to do, but they have that foundation. And you can always be like, you were raised better than that. Like <laughs> I keep talking about this man, but when Safari went to his mama, his mama was like, what is wrong with you? She was like, I ain't raised you to be this way. I didn't raise you to do this now because you can't control the outcome of your children. No matter how great of a parent you are, no matter what you do, you can never you can't predict the outcome of your children. They're going to mess up. They're going to 
do stuff they ain't supposed to do. They're going to hang out with people they ain't supposed to hang out with. They're going to be with people they ain't supposed to. That's just being, it's just life, right? But the Bible commands us to raise them in the way that they should know. So if they stray, they'll come back. They have a, at least they have a foundation. At least you can go to them one day and say, pray. You know, just like that Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart tells a story all the time where he went off to do, to be in Hollywood and his mom gave him a Bible. And he would call her every day. Hey, mom, I need help. I need help. She'd be like, did you read your Bible? And he'd be like, oh, he would hang up the phone. Some of y'all heard this story already. And then he would call his mom back a couple weeks later. Mom, I need help. I need help. She'd be like, did you read your Bible? No, mom, I didn't read my Bible. She was like, okay, well, call me back when you read your Bible. He would hang up, didn't read his Bible. And he said this went on for months and he was about to get evicted. And then she, again, did you read, Ma, I need help. I need money. I need, did you read your Bible, son? No, Ma, I did not read the Bible. I didn't read it. Call me back when you read your Bible. Hang up. He went to his Bible. He was like, finally, I'm just going to go, fine. I'm just going to read the Bible because I ain't got nothing. I can't do nothing else. I'm at my wits end. I can't do nothing else. He opens his Bible and all his rent checks dropped out of the Bible. But I bet that taught him when you're in trouble, you need to go to your Bible. I mean, I know that there was practical, physical stuff in there. He didn't know that because she didn't tell him that. She was like, if you go to your word, then you're good. And I think that that's something that can also be instilled is go to your word. You know, mom, I'm let's see what God says. Let's see how God is supposed to do. Let's let's this is how we read the Bible. Some of us don't know how to read the Bible because ain't nobody ever sat us down and and taught us how to read. A lot of us. Don't know how to do relationships because we weren't taught. We didn't have good examples. Everything is taught, exemplified, or instilled into our children. That's why I was, when I remember I was talking to y'all yesterday about that one couple that um, used me as an example of a, a woman who was in her own way. And the reason why she's not married and the reason why this and the reason, and that's why we can't judge each other because you don't know what people go through. I'll share this with y'all of why I truly believe I'm not married. It's not my time. <laughs> it wasn't my time because of circumstances. Like I'll share this. I'll share it a little bit yesterday, but I'll share some more. So when I was 22, went, joined the military. Black people are black officers. I'm an officer, mind you. Black officers make up 1%, 1 or 2% of the whole military population, right? So I'm young. I'm black. Most of the black males that were officers, because you couldn't, you can't date sergeants, you can't date specialists, you can't fraternize, right? So there's a line. You can't date people that you outrank. So that took half the black population out. Didn't want to date them anyway, but it takes a lot of people off, off the list. And then you left with what? 10% of the one or the 2%. <laughs> 10% of the 1%. Now, like I told y'all, most people were married. So either the, if they were handsome, and as I'm going for themselves, they was married. If they were single, they were a little weird. Or they were about to get married. Does that make sense? So your dating pool was very small. You always lived in a, I lived in Columbus, Georgia, which no shade to Columbus. Most military towns were put in towns that were, that had a lot of hood in it. I'll just say that, right? Then once I left, I had a whole lot of unlearning to do. I didn't know myself. Nobody taught me how to 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 dig deep to get over pain and trauma and all of these things so i had a lot of ways that i've worked through as an adult 
So thank God I did not get to that place of marriage because I would be divorced because I would have went into it wrong. But there's a lot of unlearning I had to do and a lot of growth I had to go in. So it wasn't my time. It wasn't because I met the best person in the world and I messed it up because I was cheating or all all of the rhetoric that the world wants you to hear. Everybody's journey is different. So don't hold yourself to societal standards. Does that make sense? Um, Don't hold yourself to societal standards and know that God does everything in his own time. There were a lot of things I had to learn, learn and all of that stuff. And the same thing is true for religion and beliefs and spirituality. Unless it's taught, unless it's instilled, people will not know and they'll have to face years of figuring it out on their own. And I think a lot of times because people had to figure it out on their own and it doesn't make sense to them, it gets confusing or God doesn't answer a prayer in 10.5 seconds or they get frustrated in the waiting period of and not understanding and not knowing how God operates. They get frustrated and they walk away. That ain't real. That don't work. That's why those things have to be taught. It has to be instilled. Put a Bible in front of your children and say, hey, look, this is how you read the Bible. This is why it looks the way it looks. Here are the chapters. Here's who wrote them. This is why they wrote them. And if you don't know that for yourself, you can do that. It's never too late. It's never too late. We're never too old. But these are the things that have to be taught and instilled into children. And into if if you don't know, into yourself. And we can't, you know, it's great to stay on the train and um and be like. It's, it's, it's great to be like, well, I don't know. And I ain't going to find. Don't be lost. Don't be lost. Read, ask questions, be curious. Anytime I read something, sometimes I'll go down a rabbit hole because I'll open it. I'll read something. I'll be like, who is this person? What did they do? I was one day I was just like, I know a couple of the disciples. Who are the other disciples? Because it only mentions them a little bit in the Bible. Like every disciple is not. Every disciple is not a Peter. Every disciple is not a John. Every every disciple is not a Matthew. And all like every disciple wouldn't ride with Jesus like that. He had 12 people with him. 12. You know, there was probably hierarchy in who got to stand closest to Jesus, who was on the outside, making sure didn't nobody break the circle. <laughs> you know, but all those things I had to seek out. Like if that, anytime I had a question, well, why did Jesus have to go to the cross? And I went and, and sucked that, suck, suck, sought, sought that out. That's the word, sought. I went and sought that out. There were a lot of things that I just did not understand. But instead of us leaning on other human beings or things that we've heard or things that we were told as a child, we have to go do the research ourselves so then we can have the testimony. There is power in Jesus' name. Talk to him too. I separate people. A lot of people don't, which I understand. I separate. I talk to God. And I talk to Jesus. Me and Jesus got our own little relationship. Me and him it'd be cracking up. I don't know. It's just different. It's in my in my head. It works. Do what's best for you. And I understand. And we don't need to get into the semantics of this. I've read the scripture where they said they all it, it to me is still in my mind. It still it still is what it is. <laughs> It still is what it is. And I, and it, I do it. That's why it's such a, 
Nobody can tell you how to truly have a relationship with God. It is so personal. Just like every marriage is different. Like every marriage is different, right? What works in this household may not work in that household. We've seen wife swap, that show where they swap wives and the wives go to the other house and they be like, what is this? Every household marriage relationship is different. Your relationship with God is very different, probably from mine. You might talk to all three at one time. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You might separate. That's cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. The whole point is having a relationship. Then once you establish the relationship, establish what religious boundaries you set for yourself. What are you going to believe in? What are you going to, where are your morals and values going to stop? I like the book of, I like the Bible because there's a, it tells you do this, don't do this. And it's, and I do also want to say, it's not a measurement of, okay, if I do this, I'll get to heaven. Like, I don't want us to have that heart spirit on it. And I get it. Like, that's the goal, right? We want to, we don't want to go. If heaven and hell exist, we don't want to go to hell. We know that. We got that. And I think God understands that. You don't want to do that. But we want to be careful with our relationship that we're not doing it just to appease, just to be like, well, I'm doing, um, you see me doing this. So I can't go to hell because you see me doing this, right? We don't want it to be a shuck and jive. We want it to be a relationship. It's just like in a relationship, you don't want nobody just to get you something just to shut you up. And sometimes we'll do stuff for God just to shut them up. That's not a cool relationship. Like, look, God, I went to church. Look, God, I paid my tithes. Look, God, I, I, I did praise and worship. Like, that's not, he can smit. Y'all, he knows all. He examines your heart. So we don't want to. Hey, y'all, we don't want to go into a or have a relationship with God that's like really like a, a, a shuck and jive, like a show. Because he knows real from fake, but it takes having a real relationship, communicating, talking, praying, asking, seeking, reading, understanding, listening. Sometimes we got to sit in silence and just hear what God is saying to us. What is he downloading into your spirit? What is he downloading into you? Because sometimes we can do so much talking. Some be like, well, I can't hear God. Well, did you be quiet? <laughs> sometimes I have to go to God and be like, I'm not asking you for nothing today. I've asked you for a lot. I'm not asking you enough for nothing today. I'm just going to sit here. We're just going to just be. Or do you have something you want to tell me? You know, sometimes in my car, I don't even listen to music. and I just talk to God. I'm like, oh, let me tell you what happened today, child. And he knows, like, he he's with you, so he knows. But it's 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 just like a, a it's like a husband and wife's relationship, right? Yeah, you've been together all day, but let me tell you what happened at at this because you're my best friend. You're my best friend, Blue. Like, <laughs> have that type of energy. You're my best friend. I just want to tell you. I know you were with me. I know you saw. But let's recap. Let's rehash. Let's let's talk it out. Let's walk it out. Does that make sense? So, but it's very personal. It's up to you. It's up to you, but nobody can make you have that relationship. And then before we get out of here, is stop trying to do it all yourself. Some of y'all are tired. Some of y'all are overdone work, overworked, overserved. It's okay to take a break from service, overserved, over everything, because we haven't sat back and just, we haven't sat back and just 
been with God. Just be. You know, you can't take something. Lord, I'm giving this to you. That's what the whole Jesus takes the wheel even means. I'm tired of driving. You take the wheel, child. I go sit down somewhere. In Jesus' name. <laughs> but start speaking Jesus' name. Good morning. Start seeing how speaking it and having those relationships really make you better. They add to your life. I don't, and I can't, and this is the thing too. When people get so hell bent on not having a relationship, I can say that having God and Jesus in my life is way better than not having God in my life. So regardless of what other people have to say, all I can do is go off of what has come to me, has been with me, has shown up for me. And my life is so much better with those relationships than without, personally. Um. Oh, her son. Okay, everybody, make sure you guys pray for Regina. Her son has stage four cancer. I'm so sorry. Pray over him. He's only 23. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Make sure you guys, we send uh, prayers to Regina and her family. Make sure you guys send some prayers for Regina and her family. I'm so sorry that is happening. And I pray for healing for your son. I pray over peace for you during this time. Make sure you lean on God. Make sure you call out Jesus' name. And no matter what happens, no matter what happens, God is still there for you and God still loves you no matter what. Okay. Um, <laughs> Miss Mary Max is overwhelmed, having just rested or let it go. That's something we all have to do. And the way you do that, the easiest way to do that is just by God, you got it. I, I remember we talked about that a few weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago. Cat, that's why the Bible says, cast your burdens on him. Lighten your load. We ain't supposed to be walking around with all this stuff. We're not supposed to walk around with all this weight, all this worry, all this shame, all this. If you are a son of, if you are a God, uh, a child, shame has to go out the window. Jesus died on the cross, so we don't have to carry none of that. Don't spend two minutes being ashamed, guilty, none of that. You ask God for forgiveness. You forgive yourself. Meaning when you ask God for forgiveness, you confess your sins. You forgive yourself. You ask God for, to forgive you and be done with it. Like we have to start understanding that the power that we have as Christian people, as people that follow Christ, right? If Christian ain't good for you, a, a follower of Jesus Christ, you we have to understand the power that we possess because we've done we've done that. Because we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have an extra, extra grace on our lives that we get to say. And I don't know what other religions do. That that has not been something I've I've researched, so I don't know. But as Christians, we get to be like. I can't do this no more. I want you to have it. I don't want to carry around this shame, guilt, hurt, pain. You take it. I don't know what to do with my finances and it's getting on my nerves and I really want this house and I don't know what to do. You take it. I'm lonely. I want a husband. He ain't here yet. Or I want kids. They not here yet. I'm tired of this feeling. I'm just going to give it to you. That is the grace that we have. We have the grace to unload our burdens and put them on God because he can handle anything. 
can handle everything. Cast your burdens upon me. Call out Jesus' name. Jesus, I cannot do this. Step in. Give me some relief. I need some peace. I need grace. I need a clear mind. I need vision. I need ask for what you cannot buy. We try, we try to do so much in our own strength. Y'all, we got this much strength. Because we do... We be just like that, uh, that was calling me today. I'm tired. What did she say? <laughs> today killed me. Whatever she said, you know, we, we only have so much strength. When you work in a job, you got your kids, you got your husband, you got this, you got your mama, you got your daddy. Some of y'all taking care of loved ones that are ill. Some of y'all are going through a lot. We have an extra grace as believers, to be like, I cannot do this. I cannot carry this. I am giving it to you. And when you ask, because he will not care. Y'all, God is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. He, They will not carry your bags unless you give it to them. You got to ask, hey, can you come do this? Until you step aside, but a lot of us trying to carry all the bags by ourselves and open the door and trying to be these strong people. Stop trying to show how strong you are and give it to God. I'm not good. Lord, come take this moving truck. Come get it all. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Come on. Mm. And when you do that, you become light. You, It's easier to move through the world. It's easier to be like, you know, it's going to just work out. It's easier to just be like. I ain't got to worry about it because God got it, whatever. And you can live in a little state of like peaceful delusion. <laughs> and it's not delusion because it's real. But you know what I mean? Like you ever met somebody that's just so sure? Just so sure. And you'd be like, well, how do you know it's going to work out? And they just be like, it's going to work out. And I'm here to tell you God has worked it out all those times. Why he not going to work it out again? And if it doesn't work out the way you planned, that means that there's something different on the other side of that. And sometimes it's better depending on your situation. And if it's not better and it sends you into a spiral of heartbreak or pain or he's still there to wipe your tears because none of us is ex are exempt from the ways of the world. None of us are exempt from heartbreak. None of us are exempt from pain. None of us are exempt from illness, tragedy. None of us, everybody at a different stage in their life is going to go through something. And I'm going to just, can I be real with y'all? Can I be very real with y'all? I'm a little scared and I'm giving my, I'm casting my burdens upon God because I'm staying in the present and I want to have peace and, 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 and be so happy now. But I have, I've lost, I've lost my best friend when I was young, one of my best friends. I haven't suffered a lot of loss in my life, death-wise. I did lose my cousin a couple years ago, and I and I've lost one of my line brothers. I have a very, a very probably unhealthy relationship with death, where I kind of ignore it, like I don't deal with it. I don't like funerals. I don't like. I just kind of like, you know, I don't deal with person's death. I kind of ignore it. All of my parents are alive. Even my step parents and all of my grandparents are alive. I'm really terrified of my future because I know eventually those people are going to go. Does that make sense? So everybody is going to go through something. I haven't had kids yet. Ain't nobody disappointed me. Ain't nobody, you know, I could get married. I could get cheap. I'm not going to speak that. But nobody is exempt from life. 
it, life is going to happen to all of us, right? All we can do is do our best. If times get hard, we give it to God and always know no matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent, he's still with us. We can still lean on him. We can still cry and, 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 and be with God. We can still, but we're never alone. Don't allow the enemy, even if you're by yourself, even if you're the only, I'm, I live by myself, right? Even if you're the only one, I got a gun, so don't play with me. Don't. <laughs> All right. But anybody out there that's a creep, don't play with me. I got, I'll shoot you. Um, anyway, <laughs> and my house is covered by the blood. No, nah, let me stop. Um, but even if you are alone, don't allow the enemy to make you feel like you're alone because you're never alone. You always have God. You always have Jesus. You always have, there's always something there with you. But again, you have to seek it out. You have to call his name. You have to say God. You have to say Jesus. Whatever you feel comfortable with, you have to call out that name. And when you call it out, when you call that name out, there is an extra grace that comes over you. Or there can be an extra grace and through your situation. Okay. Um, that's a whole different conversation, Danny, because I disagree. Cheating is a choice. And we let's close up morning motivation, but cheating is a choice. So if y'all sit there and let people cheat on you, that is a choice. And it's really a reflection on them, not you. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Yes, I don't, um, I don't, I talk about death and in, in pre pre preparation as far as like you need life insurance. I know it's inevitable. So everybody's going to die. So talking about death doesn't do anything for me. It's the actual, like that person's gone. Like I can no longer deal or call or like I had a great aunt that passed. I broke down like that is what hurts. Not the not talking about it or know it's going to happen. Like I know that I'm going to die one day. People are going to die. It's the fact that it hasn't happened yet and it's going to happen. That's what terrifies me. Like the day I get the phone call, the day that it's like, hey, so-and-so is no longer here. That's when, that's, that, it's that. That's what I'm terrified of. It's the, that's why every time I answer my phone for my family, I'd be like, is everything okay? And my friends, is everything okay? I got to give that to God. I got to give it to, to God. Um. Danny, you need to go read the New Testament. <laughs> For those of you who have to go to work, have a beautiful and blessed day. I cannot stay on long because I have to go to work. But Danny, you ain't read the New Testament. So if that's your beliefs, child, I'm going to let you have that. Most people cannot even handle multiple women financially, emotionally, or mentally, or spiritually. Can't even handle themselves. And they want multiple wives. Child, have a seat. <laughs> have a whole seat. Do what your pockets can handle and, and do what your mental can handle. Cause um um yeah. All right. I love you guys so much. Uh I didn't plan on I got a lot. Y'all, it's hard to vlog and work and because I work real that work. I work. I work. Um, but we'll do we'll do it another time. Not on morning motivation, Danny. We'll do it in a, a whole nother topic of conversation, but we ain't getting into that today. Y'all read the New Testament, see what God says about marriage. If that's what you want to do, you can do that. Half half the men these days can't even handle one woman and they want multiple. You can't afford one. You want multiple. You can't afford one family. You want multiple. You can't afford every 
every polygamist I know don't got no money. <laughs> I'll just say that. I'm sorry. That's all I can say. I love y'all so much. <laughs> See how y'all got me started? I got to go, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all so much. You can't even love themselves. Ain't even hold themselves. Thank you, queen. Ain't even hold themselves. Y'all want multiple women. Don't even pray. Don't even pray. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What are we talking? It is about money. It is about money. How are you? Okay, let me. Okay, before we go, because I got to break this down. It is about money because you have to feed those children. If something happens to your wife, one of your wives, and she can no longer work. Like if she's pregnant with your child and she's on bed rest and she can no longer work, who is going to fund the hospital bills, the midwife bills, the bills, the food, the just one. So if you have multiple wives, because everybody's pregnancy is different. Everybody's pregnancy is different. So if you got one on bed rest that can't work, where the, where the money going to come from? You, right? Okay. And you got multiple. So you feed in multiple mouths. That's the first thing, money. Then time. How much time do you got? Because if you got to work to feed all those people, who are you spending time with? Oh, your kid's going to grow up without a father. Okay. Okay, Nick Cannon. Um, and then that's all. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Child, y'all don't even pray be one. Multiple women. Get off my line. <laughs> don't even have enough for one of themselves. Don't even live. Don't even. Do you have a car, a house by yourself? You want multiple women and live in an apartment. Get, get off my phone. What are your assets, sir? What's your net worth? Do you have net worth? Are you in the negative? Do you have net? Get off my line. I love y'all. Y'all have a beautiful, blessed day. Go read your Bibles and say what God says about marriage. And then you will know exactly what you need to do. I love y'all. Y'all have a beautiful, blessed day. See, Danny done got me started. Bye, y'all. <laughs>